Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself. Broaden your mind. Open your heart and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Welcome and Happy New Year, wishing you a beautiful and bountiful and most blessed 2018 as we begin this 11 Master Year, which is all about you developing mastery. It is about you stepping into the heights of your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self and truly understanding your divine nature, just from an intellectual standpoint, but from a place of embodiment, from a place of claiming, from a place of naming. And with that, we are starting with an excellent guest today, who is Paul Selig. He's, he has the channel literature and is, uh, is an individual who is a clairaudient. He dictates from unseen intellects called the guides and has quickly become one of the most important and celebrated expressions of channeling in our time. Paul's three previous books, I Am the Word, The Book of Love and Creation, and The Book of Knowing and Worth, have won a growing following from around the world for their depth, intimacy, and psychological insight. Now Paul embarks upon an extraordinary new trilogy on the teachings of mastery, and they couldn't come at a better time. His inaugural volume is The Book of Mastery, which we will dive into a little bit today, in addition to the second, which is The Book of Truth, and the third of those, The Book of Freedom, will be coming out November of 2018. The Book of Mastery provides a deeply practical prescription for heightening your abilities, aptitudes, and sense of personal excellence. The guide's teachings go much further in instructing you how to improve your life for others and ultimately for global humanity. In The Book of Truth, You understand new valuation of your relations with others and yourself, bringing you to the highest expression of life. Paul Selig takes in these transmissions. He is like a radio that dictates what the guides are then telling him as oral teachings, and they come through and they are then transcribed and brought through in these series that he has has brought forth to us. So we're going to dive right in and discover everything that Paul Selig and the guides have to say to us. Welcome, Paul, to 1111 Talk Radio. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure having you. I have had the um, honor of discovering you and your books and your writings, which are profound, in addition to uh, watching the live stream that you have listed on YouTube, which is free this time, and that people can also access um, upcoming live streams if they go to your website, paulselig.com. And for anyone that is a skeptic or has been a skeptic in regard to mediumship or channeling or anything like that, it is very evident um, that their skepticism may go by the wayside when they listen to you read your books or watch you. I'd like to start off right there because we are in a time where so many people are opening up to multisensory perception and different ways of receiving information. And in part, is this why you think it's so important for these books at this time to come forward so that we don't just get lost in the abilities that we have, but we truly take in the truth and the mastery that they are to bring? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, in my case, my abilities showed up in service to other people. So I was never focusing on the abilities themselves. I was focusing on the task at hand, and the abilities showed up to, to, to support that. So I think that while it's 
fascinating to start claiming one's clairvoyance or clairaudience or clairsentience or claircognizance and, and having that as having those things as realized aspects of ourselves that really has as much to do with why and what the services that they bring and how it transforms our experience as a participant in in the conversation of being alive. Um, that's that's my sense. So I do think that people are opening up, and I think that's terribly exciting. Um, but I also think that there's a, a higher reason that that's happening than just opening up to the abilities. And so much of the books talk about really claiming and understanding that we are the divine self and that we've gotten mm-hmm. caught up in the smaller personality or identity and view of ourselves in the way that you're describing yourself and the way that you are uh, coming through in your books it appears that it is your your divine self is really you're in service to your divine self which then in turn becomes in service to the world and is that the direction that we each are really here to claim is to truly understand that the divine self is guiding us even when we don't know that we're being guided to step into the places that we must step into? I, I perhaps. I, I think as I understand the teachings that have been coming through me um, and they continue to build, I think the real teaching is, is the being of the divine self, not just accessing the higher self for, for guidance and, and information, which, which still sort of implies a kind of separation between the personality and what my guides call the true self um, or the eternal self, but the realization, which means knowing of who we truly are, allows, I hope, for a real kind of integration so that, you know, the days of, you know, thy will not mine be done are sort of replaced with, you know, a unified will or a higher will that operates as who and what we are. So that, yes, we do become instruments of the true self, um, and while we maintain personality and identity, we're not relying on all that stuff that we've thought that we were to get what we think we want, which is generally, you know, prescribed by culture, um, you know, and, and the times that we're born into. Right now, we are looking at times that are having some people push back. Other people don't want to even know what's going on. And then there are those that are wanting to become very, very active in what's going on. I want to read a paragraph from the Book of Mastery. How you know yourself in your life is dependent upon several things. Who you say you are, what you agree to, and what you have been taught. The violation of the self that you are all contending with now is that you've been taught to believe that you should be frightened of who you truly are. That you have no right to claim your own divinity and realize its fullness. And the world that is around you will not support you if you attempt to lift beyond the structures that you have all agreed to. When we think about this particular passage in relation to what's going on with the world, are the guides asking us to realize that the world is what it is and that that should not hinder who we express as, that in fact it is um, the eyes that we're seeing from now have been based on that past conditioning and who we thought ourselves to be and that we have an opportunity now to see from new eyes with the claiming of embodying who we really are in terms of the divine self. Yes and no. I think that the idea that the world is what it is and we have to 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 rise above it actually still 
supports an idea of, of duality that I don't think is, is the heart of the teaching. What the guides that I work with teach is that we're in vibrational accord with everything we see. It's not just that, you know, you create your reality. My guides would say, perhaps, you know, you didn't create the war in Iraq, but you're in agreement to it. And agreement means vibrational accord. So we're all in agreement to this world that we see before us and everything in it. Now, to begin to move beyond what we've inherited does require that we believe that that's possible. We can lift above or move beyond and transcend the cultural agreements or, or edicts of history. But I think the purpose here is of reclaiming the world. It's, it's an order to lift the world to the higher octave that the true self expresses at. So if you can imagine that everything, as my guides say, exists in multiple octaves, when you begin to exist in a higher level of transmission or resonance or agreement, because agreement and co-resonance mean the same thing, then by nature of your being, you're actually lifting the world to you. You're not separating from the world. You're actually claiming a world that is in co-resonance with a higher level of truth and love. In your books, the guides bring forth the idea that uh, the resonance and the vibration and the frequency that we are allows us to to be a part of the world, as you're saying, that is showing up in front of us. I mm-hmm. kind of state that same philosophy. I call it conversations with the universe, that everything mm-hmm. outside of us is us speaking back to us about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at whether it's war or whether it is uh, conflict or whether it is struggle or anything that's happening outside of us, if it comes into our awareness, you said that we have come into agreement with it. And mm-hmm. to to think that it doesn't have anything to do with us, we're still playing a complicit role in that exactly. existing. So mm-hmm. what is the step there for someone to go from that place of complicitness to a place of truly engaging um, the compassion and the humanity and the embrace of that experience as themselves so that they can, as you say, lift it up. Well, I think, I mean, I think there's a, there's a lot I could probably say. I'm going to try to keep it simple. You know, the guides say that who we truly are is the divine self or the true self and that God sees God in, in everything before it. So the idea that we can be the light and hold others in darkness has got to sort of go by the wayside. They say again and again and again, you can't be the light and hold another in darkness. So the awareness of the inherent divinity in anyone or anything, that which is implicit in the structure of all matter, I guess, for lack of a better word, can be realized. And the realization or knowing of that actually transforms not only the object, the thing seen, but the seer as well. So the idea really is, and this is one of the big things in the Book of Mastery, which was so challenging for me, is this idea that you can't be a master and a victim at the same time. It does, they don't work. It doesn't, it's not possible. So to know who you are, to know that you're a divine being or an aspect of the creator and form, requires you to know that in everyone and everything else. You can't parse it out just to the people that you think are deserving of it. That's basically the height of hypocrisy and, and what's wrong with with much of the religious structures that we've inherited. Let's go back to what you just said. You can't be a master and a victim at the same time. And when Mm -hmm. we look at different structures, 
especially some of the issues that are going on in the world, so much of it is based on the pow- those that have power and those that don't have power. And the mind or the story would be, well, that is a victim of overpowered structure. So if we are all masters, then mm-hmm. as the guides are saying, then we've created these experiences as a way to help us grow and to attain mm-hmm that remembrance of our own mastery. Talk a little bit more about that. Well, I mean, the moment I can accept the possibility that everything that I encounter has the opportunity to be a teacher or to to support growth or evolution, then my relationship to those things change. And that's true whether or not be illness or what I would perceive of as a a tragedy or unfortunate event. I mean, if everything is here to support growth, and if I want to take that possibility, my relationship with my life then begins to transform. At the time Book of Mastery was channeled, I, you know, right when I first heard that book was going to be delivered, my life was as I wanted it to be. I had two full-time academic appointments, a sweet little dog that traveled with me. My career as a, as a channeler was, was, was burgeoning in a nice way. I was nice and thin. I loved where I was living. And within a few months, the dog died. The apartment building got sold out from under me. I injured my back and wasn't able to walk for a couple of months. I mean, basically everything that I counted on to give me my sense of security and self-worth in the world was sort of undermined. And that's when I got this message, you know, which is, you know, the true self or the divine self cannot be persecuted. Um, And that was revelatory to me because, you know, I didn't quite understand that. So my relationship to all of these things had to undergo some changes. And I moved through it and I learned through it, I hope, um, in such a way, because I prefer not to have to go through that one again. But the idea that I was a victim to my circumstances would have been enormously easy for me to attach to. And instead, I was able to grow through them. So that's a personal anecdote. It may not be the best one, but I believe that... You know, everything that we see around us, according to my guides, we've actually been part of the creation of anyway. You know, you go to the bank, you assume that the bank will always be there. You complain about the banking system, but you put your money in it anyway. We're complicit to the very things we say we don't want. And we're actually empowering them as they have been empowered historically because we assume that they will always be there. Until we can begin to hold a level of consciousness that... I would say, holds opportunity for change or something to be renown in a higher way, we're going to end up with what we had, and our relationships to those things probably won't change a whole lot. Paul, the story that you spoke of about yourself, it speaks to uh, going from just an intellectual understanding of something to the actual integration of it, and yeah. is that purpose of experience, does that really help us then to ground into these different places, whether you want to call them lessons or whether you want to call mm-hmm. them leaps in vibrational frequency, mm-hmm. is that how we really integrate the understanding of something is to, to, to let ourselves be opened up to it? Well, my guides say that, you know, knowing um, and, and, you know, to know this, to knowing and realization are the same things. To realize something is to know. And I can have all of the intellectual information in the world, but until it is borne out in my experience, 
it's still theory. And, you know, the guides that I work with don't seem to be teaching that way. There is a very palpable energy that comes through when I channel that people can feel and work with. I mean, the guides attune people to the energies that come through, and the books themselves seem to hold the transmission as well. So people are reading the books and having an experience of the energy in a way that they can know. And I think, you know, when you know something, it becomes your own. You can integrate it. Yes, it's part of your experience. I'm not a spiritual teacher. I'm not a guru. I'm not even a self-help guy. I don't want to be any of those things. I have absolutely no interest in them. I'm the guy that shows up for this work. And because of that, I think what's really important is that people have their own experience of the divine, for lack of a better word, or what transformation it can bring in a way that they can know for themselves. Because without that, it's, it's just ideas. From the Book of Mastery, the divine self, that aspect of you that is always present, is the one who speaks these words, and in her claim as you, she begins to become the ruler of the kingdom that you see before you. And the kingdom of the divine self, the landscape that she exists in, is vastly different, because she identifies in love, in value, in agreement with the worth of who and what she knows herself to be, and she will not be defied. She has no need to know who she is in value through her creations. She understands that what she sees before her is a manifestation of consciousness and therefore can become malleable. But she does not invest in an identity that will appease a cultural dictate or a family value or a need to be seen in a certain way. This is from the Book of Mastery, book one in the Mastery Trilogy by Paul Selig, the channel text. Paul Selig received his master's degree from Yale. He served on the faculty of New York University for over 25 years and was former director of the MFA Creative Writing Program at Goddard College. A spiritual experience in 1987 left him clairvoyant. Described as a medium for the living, Paul also has the unique ability to step into and become the people his clients ask about, often taking on their personalities and physical characteristics as he hears them telepathically. He is considered to be one of the foremost spiritual channels working today and is the author of Breakthrough Works of Channel Literature, providing an extraordinary program for personal and planetary evolution as humankind awakens to its own divine nature. His next series of books is called the Mastery Trilogy. Book one is the Book of Mastery, book two, the Book of Truth, and book three, the Book of Freedom. You can find out more at paulselig.com. That's P-A-U-L-S-E-L-I-G.com. We'll be right back after these messages. making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444, People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, 1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. Engage with experts in topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 
1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more out of life? Tired of settling in relationships, your career, health, or finances? Want to experience greater aliveness? I am Simran. I support people in listening to their conversations with the universe, the guiding signs, symbols, and synchronicity. I mentor people to anchor in trust, love, and confidence to live their heart's desires. Let me guide you in embracing the challenges and the obstacles so you embody and integrate the gifts they bring. No more human doing. You are here for being, bounteously and abundantly. Experience your soul's natural rhythm, your powerful essence. Don't shrink back any longer. Release the struggle. Learn how to let go. Create in different dimensions. Transform separateness, grief, anxiety, anger, and chaos into living your destiny. Connect with me at IamSimran.com. Live more freely, spontaneously, and joyfully. Don't conform. Live a life of courage. Let's start now. Through my online courses, mentoring programs, or one-on-one coaching, it's time to change your world. Connect at IamSimran.com. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Before we get back to my wonderful guest, Paul Selig, I want to mention to you that 1111 Magazine has now also gone on audio. It is a powerful experience of introducing you to many teachers, many philosophies, many articles on healing and personal growth and empowerment, along with receiving a meditation, audio intentions, and your own source of life coaching to move you through to your next best step each and every month. You are invited to experience a free sample. If you will just text 1111 to 443-641-1110, that is text 1111 to 443-641-1110. My guest today is Paul Selig, and he is a channel, a medium, and an author of some incredible books, two particular series that are assisting humanity in stepping into a higher experience of their own divine awareness. We are talking about his books, The Book of Mastery and The Book of Truth today, and you can find out more about him at paulseelig.com. Definitely check out his live stream channeling, which uh, there is a free episode on YouTube that you can check out, but you can go and register for the other live stream channelings that are coming up this month. In addition, he will be in Austin, Texas, and in Portland, Oregon for the month of January, and then in San Diego, California, Los Angeles, and New York City in February. So definitely look up his website and see all that he is doing. The divine as you knows who you are. She knows your needs, your needs for learning, your needs for support, and your needs for unfoldment. And she will meet you every step of the way. 
But if you are looking for symbols and signals on the walls you pass to remind you of your own importance or your own value, you are not looking at the right thing. Look to the light, my friends. Look to the divine and ask the question, am I worth my own being? This is from the Book of Mastery. Welcome back, Paul. I want to talk a little bit about what occurs when individuals begin diving into this work and particularly when they begin claiming some of the statements that are the vibrational statements brought through by the guides to open them up to the attunements. If an individual is moving into series number one that you did, the first three books, Mm -hmm. this is going to open them up to a deeper understanding of their own density and everything that is false in their life may tend to start cracking up and falling away. Talk a little bit about that so that that does not become a scary thing for people and they understand that what they're really inviting is a truer experience of themselves. I'll do my best with this one. You know, there there are now six books that have been written and the very first book, I Am the Word, said in the very beginning, you know, this is a book that will change you. You'll be changed by the reading of this and that they weren't really talking about an intellectual shift. I don't think that that was it. They say that the books operate on two levels. There's the language on the page, the words on the page, which provide an intellectual context for the teachings, but that they say that the real book is an energetic transmission that's working directly with the reader. Um, The idea in the first book that was claimed Um, which I had a really hard time wrapping my brain around. They say in the first book, you know, the Christ in man is an event that happens. And they use the term Christ in a very specific way. They say the Christ is the aspect of the creator that seeks to be realized in a material form. It's the word, it's the, the divine monad, whatever you want to call it. And as they... And I, initially, I think I thought that they were talking about a level of consciousness and what a nice thing to be and to, to hold everybody in a higher esteem. I thought it was initially something perhaps a bit more theoretical and fluffy. And what they're really talking about is embodiment and the divine self or the true self, the eternal self becoming expressed as who and what we are in form and in the energetic field, and in order for that to begin to happen, what does happen, I believe, is a kind of of releasing or shedding of those things that we've misidentified ourselves as. And I can't say that I'm through this process. I suspect that I may always be in it. But the idea of who I think I am um, is what I suspect the guides would say a structure of of the small self or the the false self, whatever you might want to call it. And so the small self knows itself through historical data, what it's been called, what it thinks it should be, um, given, you know, who we are, your gender, your age, your culture, any of those things. Whereas the true self really exists beyond those things. It knows itself in time through you and through me, but exists beyond that as well. So the ideas that what we hold that are operating in limitation, that are contrary to our true nature, can be released is is a big part of, of the teaching of the guides. We're not who we think we are. We never actually have been. And the true self that is who you are and who I am and who everybody is can actually be known and realized. 
And they say again, you know, to know something is to realize it. And realization, you know, is expression, finally. So to be expressed in the higher octave requires that those things that are operating in lower density or lower, lower vibration get to be attended to. And they're often seen on the way out. You know, they often come, come out with a, a bit of a shout, um, that's my experience of it. Is this a scary process? No. I mean, it, it really is the process of, I suspect, the caterpillar becoming the butterfly. And if you've ever seen that happen, just watch the slow motion version or the, the fast forward motion of that on, 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 on a video. It's astonishing and appears to be violent in some ways. The, the caterpillar almost just seems to consume itself, but it's rendered in its other form, its truer form as a result of that. So it's really not scary, but it does require change. And I've often been told and agree that this is not a convenient teaching. It's not the feel-good teaching. That's a teaching that actually requires that we we engage with aspects of ourselves that perhaps we would prefer not to, and then move through them to, to what is already present on the other side. When you spoke of your own uh, story about how things kind of had to disappear, I know in my own mm-hmm. experience of life, that is what I encountered. And it is mm-hmm. that it is that um, disintegration that takes place, that emulsifying of the caterpillar that takes place mm-hmm. that can mm-hmm. sometimes bring the storms and the, the tears and the rain and the clouds mm-hmm. and all of the, the weather that we are yeah. through us. But that is what allows the identity to kind of fall away to where you do realize that you are more than this personality. You're more than the, the culture you came from or the mm-hmm. the stories that built you up, that now mm-hmm. there is something new. And it's that clean new ground, that blank canvas that allows you to actually have the insight that I could be more than what I always thought I was. Is that what you tend to find in people that have come back to you that have said the very thing that you said would happen when I started these books has happened uh, is that what's facilitating the disintegration of the ego and the identity? You know, I don't know if it's a disintegration of ego as much as a, an appropriation or a realignment. Um, I don't, I can't speak to it. I suppose I'm still in it. Some people I find, you know, come into this work and they flower. You know, and it's a joyful expression, and they feel that they've come home. Other people, I suspect myself included, go, what the hell is this? I mean, I'm somebody that didn't necessarily even believe in channeling, and I was raised something of an atheist, and I didn't know what a spiritual life was. I do know that when I embarked on an awareness of of the potential that there was something more in the world than what I had been led to believe, that was cataclysmic to my world. You know, to go from living in a world where there's no such thing as spirit to one in which there is, is like moving to another planet. And that dislodged, and not very comfortably, many of the beliefs that I had held and thought would always be there. And that wasn't a graceful process for me. It was a real roller coaster ride, and one of those Crank, you know, crackly old, you know, clunky roller coasters. It wasn't a graceful journey because, you know, on each bump, I was dislodging more stuff. 
and perhaps may always do that. I don't know. I'm no longer that interested in narrative, in my own narrative. I am interested in having a more joyful experience of being alive than perhaps I have allowed myself thus far in this life. So I think it's as easy for anybody who wants to to make things harder than they need to be. But I do think that the small self or the personality structure, whatever you want to call it, the egoic self, has a real investment in the known. And you can't really do this work if you're, if you're, if you're not at least somewhat willing to release the known to what might come in its place. Let me share a little bit of the book of Mastery. Here is the truth here. The divine self, as you, knows your true requirements, and the small self who has assumed what being spiritual means or enlightenment means or understanding through others' examples what it seems to be may not like what happens next. Now what he will keep will be what he requires, and you all must understand this. The divestment of things is only one example. In fact, what you are leaving behind is the investment of the small self about what is, what was so damn important, what you gave so much power to, or what you believed you should value because your world has told you so. Mm-hmm. It's very true. We end up, and this is not just in our own lives, but in the world we have invested and put value on so many different things. In the book, you you take us even through the grocery store and, and talk about how certain things are priced different ways and how we've been taught this idea of value, when yet it all has equal value. It's all the same thing. And so in the course of the book of mastery, as well as the book of truth, part of what the eyes are being open to is not only our affiliation with everything else, but how willing we are to even see our own value amidst all of this. Talk a little bit about value in relation to what you've heard from the guides and in how that has impacted your own life. Well, they talk a lot about value. The third book that they dictated through me was called The Book of Knowing and Worth. And at the time it was dictated, it was my favorite because it was a very simple teaching. And it spoke to our own inability to claim or to accept the possibility that we were worthy of our own true nature. And um, in some ways that book was the prerequisite for the Book of Mastery because, you know, when you get to the Book of Mastery, they're saying, okay, here it is, you can claim it. The example that they've used periodically has been of somebody who walks into a restaurant with $5 in their pocket, and they say, you know, you only order what's on the menu that you believe that you can afford, that you're allowed, that you can have. And so you don't order the lobster when you walk in there with $5. You may get a cup of coffee and a roll if you're lucky. So the idea that we're worthy of something has to be part of our experience in order to claim more. The other thing that they say is, you know, this menu that we've been ordering from is extraordinarily limited to what we thought we have been allowed. And, you know, we're, we're always ordering off of the menu that we think we can have, which means, you know, you, go, you don't go to the Italian place and order, you know, the sushi. You know, you don't expect it to be there. So the idea that we can claim more and know more seems to come with it 
the caveat that we believe or we can accept that we're worthy of that. Now, they say that the true self knows its worth. You know, the God within knows its worth. My small self doesn't. My small self can be battling everything up and down and sideways to confirm all of the the history that it has held and known. You know, I didn't get loved enough as a kid. I can't get a relationship. I'm never going to lose the weight. All of those things that I play out that confirm who I think I am then becomes the reality that I hold. And it comes at the cost of what else can be claimed. So I may have to go to the part of me that knows more, that knows who he is beyond the small self's history, to be able to bring that into into manifestation or at least to claim some kind of vibrational accord to it. You know, it goes back to that thing that I said earlier, that we're in agreement and vibrational accord with everything that we see and our entire lives are a testament to this. And the guides that I work with say, believe it or not, pretty much you're always getting what you expect. You know, this frame that you hold of I'm not worthy will continue to confirm your lack of worth because that's the frame you hold. And until that frame is dismantled or expanded to include something greater, it's going to be a challenge. It is for me. I I have to say that quite honestly. I know where my challenges are. And they really are in this area of, you know, I have the right to be joyful. I have the right to be loved. I have the right to be healthily expressed in a body, all of these things, and then show up for that as opposed to showing up for what I've been taught, which is none of the above. And so that's my experience. And and I think that the guides, you know, no matter how many hundreds of times I've heard them address this, I still can manage to miss the boat because as long as something doesn't confirm to what my personal experience has been, I can be apt to deny it because it's convenient. Well, that works for him, that works for her, that will work for them, but perhaps not for me, which is, again, the small self saying it's not going to happen or I don't deserve it or it's too much work or whatever you might want to claim. From the Mastery Series of Paul Selig, the infinite self that is you is present throughout all of your incarnations and has been awaiting its opportunity to bloom, and the fragrance of the bloom which will inform you all you meet and radiate as your essence to everyone you may encounter will become a vehicle of expression and a tool to lift the world you see before you. When you lift your world, you also lift the world for everyone you will meet and those you may never meet. Because as we operate in frequency and we lift above the lower manifestations that mankind has known himself through, we create the opportunity for all things to lift, to be greeted in their true worth, in their knowing of who and what they are. Again, this is from the Mastery Series. You can find out more at paulseelig.com. Definitely check out his live stream channeling that's going on this month. In addition to uh, being with him in Austin, Texas or Portland, Oregon in the month of January, we'll be right back with Paul Seelig. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111. 
22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, 1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. Engage with experts in topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more out of life? Tired of settling in relationships, your career, health, or finances? Want to experience greater aliveness? I am Simran. I support people in listening to their conversations with the universe, the guiding signs, symbols, and synchronicity. I mentor people to anchor in trust, love, and confidence to live their heart's desires. Let me guide you in embracing the challenges and the obstacles so you embody and integrate the gifts they bring. No more human doing. You are here for being, bounteously and abundantly. Experience your soul's natural rhythm, your powerful essence. Don't shrink back any longer. Release the struggle. Learn how to let go. Create in different dimensions. Transform separateness, grief, anxiety, anger, and chaos into living your destiny. Connect with me at IamSimran.com. Live more freely, spontaneously, and joyfully. Don't conform. Live a life of courage. Let's start now. Through my online courses, mentoring programs, or one-on-one coaching, it's time to change your world. Connect at IamSimran.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. For anyone new listening to the show, I invite you to explore my own books, Conversations with the Universe, and discover how the world is speaking back to you all of the time through your experiences, other people, signs, and symbols, your journey to enlightenment, to step out of conformity and into courage, and begin living again from the wonder and innocence of the divine child, and finally, your journey to love, and that is a book that is deep into the essence of love and how we have bought into distorted love, become your own true soulmate by discovering true self-love. You can find out more about those things along with 1111 Magazine and archived shows of 1111 Talk Radio at imsimran.com. The truth of who you are at your essence is unchangeable, but as you are masked in form, the dispensation you are given as you enter this landscape is the memory that will be activated by you as you realize it through your own experience and choice and the dispensation of will, the right to choose what you get. This is from Paul Seelig's 
Mastery Trilogy, Book One, The Book of Mastery. You can also find out about the Book of Truth, along with the Book of Freedom that will be out in November 2018. This is his second trilogy, the first of which is already out, and you are welcome to go and explore those three books. I Am the Word, the Book of Love and Creation, and the Book of Knowing and Worth. In addition, if you have some personal questions and you'd like a personal consultation with Paul, you can schedule that at his website, paulselig.com. He does do readings uh, for individuals to assist them in moving forward in their lives, their work, their finances, and their relationships, as well as releasing blocks to physical and emotional healing so that you can allow yourself to move forward in your life. Also, check out the many events that he has coming up. All of that is at paulselig.com. Paul, I'd like to dive into a little bit about some of the things that we face in the world that sometimes the personality self or the small self can get stuck in. And one of those things tends to be with those of us that have children. If we see a child of ours is sick or is going through something or is having a challenge, so often the personality self or the identity as mother Mm. or father will become so engrossed in the healing of that child or in the identity of that child being a sick child or needing a, needing assistance that we, again, are playing a role in that. Speak a little bit to what the guides say in regard to how we best support our children or other people in our lives um, from the perspectives that we're willing to hold about them. I don't know. If they've, I don't know if they've spoken much about parenting in their text. They've talked to about it is shepherding, um, and I certainly do a lot of that work in my private practice because I read for a lot of parents about their kids. But when I'm working psychically, I'm I'm not always working as a channel. Um, so let me see. And you know, if I were to channel here, which I haven't been doing on your show, it's 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 another. It's 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 a rather abrupt shift in in how I relay information. Let me see if I can get anything just for you on this. I mean, they're saying, I'm basically hearing, you know, the idea here is that you're responsible for what you're not able to care. You are available to care, responsible for the child, not what it makes him well, but you are not the one who makes him well, who cures the illness, who cures the illness. You are not the one who changes. You are not the one who changes the body he was born in, the body he was born in, if the body is not remediable, if the body is not remediable to realize the one child. They're saying to realize the divine in the child, to know who the child really is, to know who the child truly is, will support him in healing, will support him in healing, and to understand and to understand that your role is to support, that your role is to support and care and care and hold in love and hold in love, and that that is the requirement of parenting, and that that is the requirement of parenting must suffice at times, must suffice at times, period, period. And they're saying period. Um, I mean, my experience with this, I have this odd ability, and we haven't really talked about this. You know, I, I work um, as, an, as an empath, and um, I step into people. So people come to me in my practice, and they want to know what's going on with their spouse, who I've never met. And I can, if given the name, I can usually step into the spouse, and I may start to resemble the spouse, and I can hear for people. So I'm a radio, so when I'm working as a channel, I'm channeling the guides when I tune into your spouse I'm actually hearing your spouse or I may be hearing the dynamic that exists between the two of you and I was I was featured on a TV show a few years ago called The Unexplained where I read for a parent of a child who had a severe disability although I didn't know it 
at the time of the session because I wasn't privy to any information. And I ended up sort of somatizing the child's physical challenges. It turned out the child had cerebral palsy and, you know, I was filmed sort of taking on the symptoms. It was shocking to me. I didn't know what I was doing. And it wasn't until I saw the, the episode on television that I mm. saw the extent of what I had gone through and how like it was. But I was able to hear the child. And as a result of that, I, for about a year or two, I was getting a lot of parents calling up um, with kids who had special needs and, and was hopefully helpful to them because I can usually hear people even when the speech is somewhat impaired and, and, and gain information. But I think, you know, we all come for different reasons and we incarnate with different things that we need to learn. I mean, you know, my mother is very happy to tell anybody that I was a difficult child, and I'm sure I was. I was an odd kid in many ways. I don't know that she was prepared for me, but I have my path, and this is my path, and my path didn't come from a remarkably easy childhood. I would wish that on myself, truthfully, but it's not what I ended up with. So I think that the idea that we really can't be the one who dictates why another incarnates and how another learns and what they've even come to learn. Um, I think that that's, there's, an, there's a, a perceived arrogance. It's not that we don't care about people we love and want to see them well, but we also don't necessarily know what they're here to learn. Sometimes I read for people you know, who are dealing with family members that are suffering from addiction. And, you know, addiction can also be a gateway to great change and great potential for some people. I didn't get into this stuff because my life was going so well. I got into it because suddenly I hit a wall where there was no place to look but up. And that changed everything. So I do understand that from personal experience. There, the Eastern philosophy is, is uh, related to reincarnation, and you've kind of brought mm-hmm. that up. And mm-hmm. um, one thing that many may not realize or that is a philosophy is that when uh, a body does die, the consciousness in that body sets forth the next life. In the Book mm-hmm. of Mastery, you talk about how we draw in the experiences that allow us to rise up into the embodiment of the divine self. And sometimes that's not so easy. The experiences can be challenging. Are those experiences that are being set up in that scenario part of that, that consciousness of mind that has come into the new body so that we are continually finding our way back to that divine point of essence? I believe so. I also believe that there are different ways that we can learn, that it doesn't all have to be hard. Fear is a teacher. It's not my favorite teacher. I don't want to learn my lessons through fear anymore. I really don't. You know, I've spent a good deal of my life doing that, and I think that there are more joyful ways to be to be learning. But I do know that when my buttons are getting pushed and my stuff is flying all over the place, I can run away. I can blame other people. Or I can look at the possibility that these buttons are getting pushed because there's an opportunity for healing and that there's something there to learn. And if I can do that, I can then become a participant, I hope, in an action towards healing as opposed to the action towards 
fleeing or, you know, victimization by myself or others, however that wants to play out. So, you know, I think, I think it goes back to this idea that everything can be perceived as an opportunity. We see only a small piece of this. The worst things I've ever been through in my life that I would never want to have to go through again, in fact, were some of the things that prompted the greatest changes. And it was only in retrospect that I could understand that. And sometimes it takes a good while. And I'm not saying, you know, look for the silver lining. I I am saying that there may be the potential for growth and learning in anything that we encounter. That's my hope. And it's what the guides teach as well. Mm, From the Book of Mastery. You are innocent, you see, and you are reborn, you see, through this transition, and reborn is the word you must begin to understand. What is more innocent than a newborn child when all is new to her? You will be reborn, you see, in your true self as you align to it, but the innocence of this time and the requirement for the change is the release of the small self, not the pampering of it, not the pretending. It's not the there, but the relinquishing of the design of the egoic self. Thank you, Paul, for your tremendous work that you are bringing to the planet, for your willingness to be the channel and the vessel for this information to come through. I invite you, my listeners, to look up Paul Selig if you don't know him, paulselig.com. Check out both of his uh, trilogies. Go ahead and start with the first one, and um, while you're ordering the first set, order the second set because you won't want to stop reading once you start. It is our time to step into mastery. You can find out more at paulselig.com. My guest next week is Philip Shepard, and we are talking about radical wholeness. He was on 1111 Talk Radio before with his book, New Self, New World, so I hope you will join me. Until then, in love, of love, with love, and as love, I am Simran. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey. 